episode of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I'm the worship and community pastor here at Shades Valley, and today I'm actually recording this podcast solo. My two co-hosts are not here with us uh, today, so it's just me. Uh, That's all you get. I apologize in advance I hope you're not disappointed. Those the, for many of our listeners, I know we have thousands of listeners that are just look forward to Jonathan and Brad every week, but it's me. So um, I'm here. It's a Wednesday midday. It's sunny outside. There's a little nip in the air. It's a, you can wear a jacket. You cannot wear a jacket. It's just it's just good weather right now. We're feeling good. It's midweek. And before we get into what we're going to do for today, if you listened to last week's episode, which I know you all did, I know we have faithful listeners that listen to the entire episode, at the end, I introduced a new segment called JM's Album of the Week. And this is a new segment that I'm going to try to do every week where I just tell you about an album that I'm really enjoying. So this is JM's Album of the Week. For this week... The album that I've chosen is Chris Stapleton's new record, Starting Over. It actually just fully dropped, I think, over the weekend. I've listened to it all the way through a couple of times. It's my favorite record of his so far. It's through and through. It's it's old school country music. There's rock and roll. There's some ballads. He just has an amazing voice. The production's great. His band is awesome. His guitar playing rocks. So if you're into Chris Stapleton, definitely check that out. I have really been enjoying it myself. I'm not a country music connoisseur. I don't listen to a lot of country music, but his brand of country, I really do enjoy a lot. So go to Apple Music and Spotify and listen to Chris Stapleton. The album is starting over. It's great. All right. Now that we're done with all that, what are we doing today? Well... I was thinking about what we could do today since Brad and Jonathan aren't here. And so I texted a good friend of mine. He's uh, He goes to Shades. He's a member at Shades. He's been here for a long time. I met him, actually saw him playing bass, I think, the first time, one of the first times that I visited Shades. It may have been the second time, if my memory serves me right. And... He is very much, uh, he's a good friend of mine, and he's really been a spiritual father to me over the last few years. We've gotten uh, many coffees together. We've eaten breakfast, lunch, dinner. We've been to each each other's houses. Um, We hang out a good bit. So, without further ado, uh, our Meet a Member episode today with none other than Bill Ferris, everybody. Bill Ferris. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You can hold the applause. That's a surprise. I didn't know. You didn't all these, know we had a live studio audience. Didn't Bill. know all these people were going to be here. It's didn't really know they cool. could all fit in this room. Huh? Yeah, just like sardines. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming in today. Uh, how How are you doing today? Are you having an all right day? I'm good. Yes, sir. It's been a good day. Good. I've enjoyed it. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming in. Um, you know, this Meet a Member series uh, that we've been doing, I know that you you told me that you've listened to a few of the episodes so far uh, that we've done in the past where we've interviewed some Shades members. So we, we ha- we've had like a wide spectrum of people on. We've had some that are very new to Shades and have only been here for maybe a couple of years. And then we've had 
some old timers and you're definitely an old timer, I think. And so it's just, it's fun to, to bring people in that have been going to this church for a long time and, and hear their stories and just, uh, hear your wisdom on life. So, <laughs> oh wow, no pressure, no, no pressure, no anything, pressure. Phil. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Well, why don't you just start us by telling us a little bit about how you grew up? Okay, I was born in Montgomery at uh, Maxwell Air Force Base, and my dad was uh, stationed in Korea and didn't really see me for about a year but i had my grandmother and aunt and all these ladies around me and wow so i got loved on all over the place and then um then he came back and started working for the telephone company so got transferred quite a bit uh moved to uh mobile and then um then up to huntsville where i went uh to school for the first grade and uh had quite a significant time there as far as just uh being a being a boy and playing because uh the drive-in theater was the thing that people would go to yes and they actually go to that now yes they oh that's true they do yeah because the pandemic yeah that's true i I forgot about that um so we went to see a movie called the alamo which made a big impact on me and i had climbing bars in my backyard and so we used to act that out, me and all my friends. I had a lot of, did a lot of playing. We moved to uh, Birmingham when I was in the second grade, and I went to a school called Comer School for six years, second through eighth grade, and just had a great childhood for the most part. It was, uh, we, uh, I used to go down to the woods and um, climb up in this tree house where the boards were rickety that somebody else had, had built, and you crawled in through dishes and um just with all my friends and we would we would have so much fun just just being boys you know just having a good time and then uh so my my dad like i said he was working for the telephone company so he and my mom uh bought a house in birmingham where i lived like i said for six years and um it was good my parents um Loved me a whole lot, and and I ended up having uh, two brothers. Okay, and um, and they're they're younger. They were both younger. Yes. So um, and uh, I've got one of them now. Still, the other one passed away back in I guess it was about 1995. So that was kind of sad, but uh, I loved him a whole lot too. Mm. He was a good he was a good brother. And now I have one who's 13 years younger than me and that I tell, I've told his boys, I said, you know, I, I used to change your dad's diapers (laughs) and that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a strange thing to think about now because he's bigger than me. Right. But you know, you do what you got to do when your brother comes into the world and your mom and dad say, you know, you got to change diapers. Wow. So yeah. I I couldn't imagine Moses changing Zion's diaper right now. That would just not be, right now. I mean, obviously there's not that big of an age gap, but I, <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't, couldn't yeah. imagine him doing that. I was, uh, so I was, uh, 13 years young, older than my brother. So that's why I had the privilege. Right. Right. <laughs> the privilege. So, yes. So, and then, uh, ninth grade, we moved to mountain Brook, uh, for a year and, uh, uh, ran track on the track team, uh, for, uh, cross country and then at the end of ninth grade uh 
my dad said we're moving to Decatur, Alabama. So we moved up there, and that's where I lived and graduated from high school. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was good. That's cool. Yeah, I was actually one of the. <laughs> we we're going to do this lightning round uh, at some point during this episode. One of the questions I was going to ask was actually, uh, did you play any sports when you were younger? I didn't know you ran track and field. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That's and, cool. And basketball too. I played in elementary school, but. So, um, so what was uh, now? Did you go to college or anything? Yeah, college was an interesting uh, time. I don't want to talk too much because I can I can go off sure you know, down down some blue highways. Sure, you know what a blue highway is? I don't. I'm not familiar with the term. Oh yeah, it's a it's a uh, it was a book that was written by this Indian named William Leesteet Moon, and he was an English professor and he traveled quite a bit. And uh, blue highways are uh, the two-lane roads. Oh, sure. That okay. You just kind of mosey and go wherever your heart leads you. And that's how my conversation goes, too, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so as far as college goes, I went to Auburn for a number of years. Uh, I started in 72, and then uh, the last year I was there was about 78, I guess. And then I ended up uh, graduating from University of Texas in Austin oh, yeah. uh, in 1991. So I was on the uh, slow program. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and, and what did you graduate with? What did you study? I had an English degree, okay. in which I taught for a, a few years. And, yeah. Uh, but um, in that time, I met some people that uh, they were... I was uh, I kind of got caught up in the whole hippie thing. Sure. And that was uh that was uh real interesting to me because I met these guys that were going to hitchhike to uh Washington. Actually they're going to drive with this guy to Washington state and pick apples. And uh I was up for adventure so uh, I said I would go. And um the driver backed out the day everybody was supposed to go. Oh no. Uh, and so uh I ended up hitchhiking with this girl named Emily Webster, who was a good friend, and we uh, we ended up going up there and um, picking in Wenatchee, in which I didn't know that was where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be in Oroville. That's what they okay. told me, which is right on the Canadian border. And um, <clears throat> so uh, we picked for a week, and then uh, and then went back, and this girl gave me. Uh, I didn't have hardly any money uh, going back, but this was kind of a way that God took care of me mm. um, because uh, somebody gave us some money. We made a little bit of money picking apples, but um, this one guy picked us up, I remember, and he said, there's a restaurant up ahead, and if you guys want get, to get something to eat, you can. And I said, oh, we'll just keep going. He said, you have any money, son? I said, yeah, I got some, and but he gave me 10 bucks, and uh that trip, I still remember, we're going through Montana, and it was just really cold uh, this particular day. This was at the end of uh, September, and um, so uh, Emily looked down on the road, and she found this little piece of leather, and, and on there it said, good luck, oh, and that, wow. was, that was just kind of cool. <laughs> you know, little things like that in which you can be encouraged and, right. and feel good about. And at the time, you were not a believer, I was not a believer, no. And so I ended up coming back to Auburn and going to school some in those years. But I 
ended up picking up apples for seven years. And um, wow, one year, the best year that I really had traveling was uh, <clears throat> I was living down in West Palm Beach working as a maintenance man at a condominium and um, assistant maintenance man. I'm not mechanical. I just had to, <laughs> you know, uh, check the pH balance in the swimming pool and paint and do all that kind of stuff. But uh, I just got kind of a wild here and I thought I'm going to go up the East Coast and go across Canada. And oh, wow. That was one of the best trips I ever had. Um, and Canadian people are very friendly, eh? And you, and you hitchhiked the entire time. Yes, yes. That so, is wild. So it was, well, that year actually I took a bus through the, uh, through the uh, Banff National Park because okay. it was cold and I did that. But then I got out on the other side and hitchhiked the rest of the way. And um, so that was, all of those years were really uh, just a whole lot of fun. Sure. And um, I met a lot of people, saw a lot of really good things, and uh, had some adventure. Yeah. And so um, that was just, that was, a, that was a really fun part of my life. Did you, uh, I'm just curious, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. I was curious, during this time, did you ever, uh, was there any other religions or spirituality that you explored during this time in oh, your yeah. life? Oh, yeah. I was always up for whatever. Um, when I went to Auburn in 1972, uh, this uh, friend of mine told me about transcendental meditation yeah. with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Right. And uh, it will bring you to peace and enlightenment and all that stuff. Right. But, um, and then you say what they do is they give you a mantra that is your, only your mantra and nobody else has it. And you repeat it over and over. And um, the first time I did it, I was with this guy in this room, and there was candles burning, and there was a picture of somebody, not Maharishi. And um, what I kind of figured out, or what I, what I feel like, is that it was a form of Hinduism. Sure. And he gave me the mantra and told me to relax, you know, to repeat that. And I went down into some kind of black place. It was like just darkness. And there was almost no thoughts or anything and i came out and um you know it was it, it was relaxing but it was kind of weird mm. and i never had that again and um all it was just deceiving i felt like yeah because one of the things is i told uh i asked my friend who did it with me i said hey if you don't mind i want to ask you what your mantra is it was the same one i had right <laughs> So they right. just, they probably just carbon copy the mantras and send them out. Right. <laughs> so, and then there was also uh, um, the Hare Krishnas, and I came across them several times in my travels. And it was, the thing about them, you have to chant uh, before they feed you. Um, I, I used to go really? to rainbow gatherings, which right. uh, all these hippies together every every july the 4th and right um, um doing i don't know it was just just wild and crazy right and uh the Hare krishnas were there one time the first time i went and so i chanted a whole bunch and then ate the food and then i was hungry about an hour later and i thought gosh i got a chant <laughs> i got a chance this all and over again eat, and then for a sandwich again. yeah and so it it was just the 
the things that I checked out as far as other religions like that go um, were just empty. And also, uh, back to the Transcendental Meditation, they did studies on people uh, with that. There were people that levitated and all this crazy wild stuff that they they said and people saw them and all that. So it was it was weird. Yeah. But uh, they did studies because the alpha waves, you know, the relaxing part of your thinking, uh, they they tested people who did transcendental meditation. Oh, sure. No, I've heard about this before. Yeah. Go on, go on. Yeah, and then also with classical music. Mm -hmm. They had some people doing the meditation and others listening to classical music, and um, they found out the alpha waves were the same. Wow. So I thought that was interesting, too. So... So you, you're kind of exploring, you're finding your way in the world, and at what point do you hear about Jesus uh, in, a, in a way that began to maybe raise questions in your own life about who he is or do I need this Jesus in my life, things like that? Yeah. What did that, that look like for you? That's a good question. I had, I had, some, I had several, some of so my parents raised me Methodist, in which Jesus wasn't really... Um, he wasn't who he says he is, and uh-huh. it wasn't uh, impacting, I guess you could say. And then, um, so you grew up going to a Methodist church, going to a Methodist church, yep, and talking to my friend Calvin Stanford in, in the pews all the time. And we would <laughs> not paying attention, we would sit in the back, not paying attention, <laughs> yeah, just trying to get through the service, <laughs> but. Not just disclaimer. I know all Methodist churches are right. not like that. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> but uh, so um, my parents, my dad uh, and mom ended up going to Mountain Brook Community Church mm-hmm. here. And um, oh, I'm sorry. Not not. Uh, oh, what church was it? It was uh, it was on Rocky Ridge. I can't remember the name of it. It was a Methodist church there. Anyway, um, I'm trying to think. I forget the name of it. But my dad ended up, uh, they started talking about how, you know, anybody could, um, well, let's see, what did they say? That that uh, Jesus was a good man, but he was not the son of God. And my dad had kind of been wrestling with Christianity, I think, in the Methodist church. Mm-hmm. And so he decided to go somewhere else. Mm. And he was a uh, fraternity brother. Well, not a fraternity brother, but uh, he was real close to Frank Barker at school. I think he was a fraternity brother with him. And um, anyway, uh, so he ended up going to Briarwood and becoming uh, an elder there, deacon, all kinds of things. And and I still remember... uh, my dad was sort of a radical at Bri- Briarwood in a sense because uh, he, he also started going to uh, the uh, uh, an Episcopalian church on Friday nights and um, became uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. And uh, after a while, I don't know exactly when, he didn't, he didn't tell me when, but he, he learned to pray in tongues. And then he asked Frank uh, if... Uh, they could, he, he taught Sunday school in a trailer out from, this was when um, Briarwood was over where Southeastern uh, 
Bible? No, it's Mountain Brook Community Church. Now. Yeah, yeah, it used to be used right to, there on 280. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, he had, had his own Sunday school class, and he, he asked Frank, he said, look, he said, David used to raise his hands when he was worshiping. He says, is it okay if we do that in our Sunday school class? And, <laughs> and I said, sure. And I love playing guitar, and, and uh, he bought an old harmony guitar that I still have that's, that's, that's a treasure. Oh, yeah. And um, he learned to play praise songs. And wow. I would listen to him, and it was cool. It was it was neat, but um, so as far as actually becoming a believer goes, I sat with Frank Barker. Well, one time my dad asked me, uh, he said, "Son, you've you've talked to me about the Bible, but he said, have you ever read it?" And we used to get in kind of arguments and stuff about things, and um, and I said, "No, but I will." And I said that because I wanted to. Uh, prove him wrong, mm-hmm. you know, argue about it. But I started reading the Gospel of John, uh, and it took me a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I came back for Christmas one time and went to church with them, and uh, my dad had gotten, and I had gotten in some kind of debate about some spiritual issue. And the next day, uh, I went to Briarwood with them, and uh, Frank Barker preached, and uh, talked about that spiritual issue, whatever it was, and uh, I was on on Frank Barker's side. My dad was actually wrong, wow. <laughs> which was which was kind of interesting. Whatever it was, and um, and I came out of church and I said, "See, Dad, I don't need to go here." I said, "I said I already know it already." <laughs> what a jerk I, got, I, I was! I, I mean, I was just you know, <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Pride comes before a fall. Yeah. But the next day, uh, I called Frank and asked him if I could uh, hang out with him, and he could tell me his story. And he spent an hour and a half with me telling telling me his story. He was in the Navy, and uh, he had all kinds of wildness himself as a mm-hmm. young man. And then Christ came into his life, and he made a huge impact on mm-hmm. on the world with, you know, with Briarwood and everything that he did, and very humble, humble man. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, he gave me a book, and I don't even remember what it was, but he said, Bill, if you want to read this, this can, uh, this can help you learn about Jesus. And uh, so I started reading it, and it was good. And then my, I was living in Austin, Texas, uh, before I, I finished at UT, mm-hmm. and um, my dad said, uh, son, there's a fellow out there who's starting a church. And uh, would you mind if he gave you a call? And and I said, no. And we started eating lunch together. His name was Frank Boswell. And last I heard, he's up in Maryland somewhere teaching. But uh, so I called him and we hung out for several months and um, and talked about all kinds of things. And he played guitar, too. He played Beatles songs, and I love those. <laughs> so we'd eat hamburgers oh, yeah. at his house. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, then... I started going to his church after a few months and um, I've, I've eaten together and hanging out. And somewhere in that time, I don't know exactly when, I uh, just, I, I tell people that Jesus captured me. You yeah. know, I was, yeah. I was running all this time and the whole thing of salvation is such a mystery because right. God gives us free will to make choices, yet, you know, he's, he's always after us and he grabs us up and just and then your life changes Mm -hmm. beautiful 
So you have a daughter. Yes. I think some of our listeners know her, but uh, tell us tell us about your daughter. Oh, my daughter is awesome. She um, so I was I was uh, married and got a divorce in two thousand six, and um, Haley was born in nineteen ninety seven, and a cool story about her birth that that is really kind of neat. My mom always wanted a girl, and um, so. She she was born, like I said, on December 26th, and um, day after Christmas. We thought we might have a Christmas baby, <laughs> but we didn't. And um, so two years before that, my dad passed away. He had a had a uh, I think it was an aneurysm. He lived mm-hmm. for a week in the hospital, and we that was a very very uh heartfelt time because i remember we sang we sang christmas carols over him and one time my brother he was in a coma and my brother said hey dad if you hear us would you uh raise your left leg and the left leg came up oh wow so that was just really a really a special time that whole week was i could see god working throughout the week Mm -hmm. and and um so Lo and behold, he died the next day after Christmas. And two years later, Haley's born the day after Christmas. And my mom said, uh, when she was born, she said, God didn't mean for me to be sorrowful this day, but joyful. Wow. And so that was a a cool thing. And the the night before he died, they had gone to to Briarwood and... um, and my mom said, "You know, let's let's don't watch TV. Let's just just rest and think mm-hmm. about think about the sermon." And as I remember, um, she said that he was. They were laying laying in bed. He had his arm around her, and and um, he said, "You know, all things work together for good mm. according to God's purpose." You know, yeah. And um, for those who love Him, and um, so. Uh, the next day he had the coma. Wow. He, he, you know, had the aneurysm. And so um, that was reassuring for her. Yeah. You know, and then having Haley be born, you know, yeah. two years later. But Haley, she is a treasure. She's always been just super special to me. And um, one of the cool things about my divorce, if you could say a cool thing about mm-hmm. a divorce, which not many people you know, you don't really say that for the most part, mm-hmm. but was was every weekend I was supposed to have Haley every every other weekend, and uh, and then Wednesdays, but because um, because of the circumstances and in, in our in our brokenness, and mm-hmm. um, I was able to have her every weekend, and wow. also uh, I had her during the week, and so I was able to be a full time dad in yes. ways that nobody. You know, a lot of parents can't. Yes. And uh, we'd have people over to spend the night, and I'd cook for them and have all the parents over, like the Grants. Mary Catherine Grant was a really good good friend of hers at the time, and uh, now Julia's real close to her. Mm-hmm. And um, Haley's just, I've, I've watched her. I've told her that uh, she has more love than just about anybody I know. She's a, she was a nanny for uh, several years, and uh, I told her, I said, I don't know what happened, but um, 
somehow you are following the verse, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Because uh, when she came out of high school, to not have a long story, she ended up going up to um, to uh, New York. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she babysat for a family up there and nanny for them. Um, and I guess it was uh, six weeks or something like that. And uh, she said before she got there, uh, the kids um, had a had a lemonade stand out, and Jimmy Fallon came by to <laughs> to get a lemonade. And for some reason, I'm forgetting exactly where she was, but uh-huh. it was right up at the top corner of uh, New York. I hate it when my brain does that. But uh, and then that that uh, year when I told you about the delight yourself in the Lord, yeah. Um, she wrote in her journal, this year I'd like to go to California and I'd like to go to France, to Paris. And lo and behold, she got to nanny in both places. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And she's uh, she's just a treasure. Yeah, children are a blessing. Yes. Yes. And she works now at, uh, I'm not giving this place a, a plug, but um, it, it really is. <laughs> that's it, all right. It really is a, a really is a good place it's called golden age wine yeah and she used to nanny for uh brandon loper um that was when she went to california mm-hmm. and uh she still nannies for them some but also works there and he told her he was you know going to be a partner in this um wine they serve all kinds of things they have yeah they have like uh, some food too I believe. yeah they have food uh-huh and um charcuterie boards yes yeah and um so it's she's and the folks over there the girls that she works with and brandon and trent they're all like a like a family and lo and behold jeremy moore yeah uh he's the manager there yes jeremy jeremy's been on shades midweek before he was uh he's a part of the songwriting collaborative that we have that was birthed out of shades and he's a worship pastor uh here in town as well so we we love jeremy over here for yeah. sure so he keeps his eye on Haley yeah. and makes sure she's in line <laughs> that's good that, that's a cool part to the story that uh despite the the brokenness and the the hardship and pain of a divorce especially when you when you have children that uh, that you were then able to be able to spend so much time with Haley. And uh, that that's such a beautiful part to that story. It's oh, really thank awesome. You. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it was, uh, it's always been a treasure. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, let's take a break real quick. And we're going to do what we do with all of our guests when they come in for me to member bill. And it is called the lightning round. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. (laughs) All right, enough of that. I haven't. That's a new addition. (laughs) That's a new addition, Bill. We're getting real professional around here. I'll tell you what. We're really moving up. It's awesome. Production's at an all-time high. Okay, so with the lightning round, I've got some questions here. And really, it's just to get to know you a little better. But uh, I've tried to make these questions somewhat easy to answer in a quick fashion so that we can just you can just rattle off the top of your head and answer and and then we get to know you a little better through some of this stuff and there is going to be a couple of uh there's there'll be some funny questions in there that uh they're like trivia based so we'll we'll see what happens with those 
I've got a lot of rattles in my head, so that this shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Here we go. How do you like your eggs? I like them. <laughs> do you like them? How do you like them cooked? <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend. I had a friend. He, he, uh, he, he was in a restaurant, and he heard, heard a waitress ask this man, how do you like your eggs? And he said, I like them. I like them. <laughs> I like them. Yes, please. I like them scrambled. I like them fried. I like them however they come out. You I've like been em. eating boiled eggs lately, and that's kind of a new discovery in a way. That's with, awesome. With some Tabasco sauce. That's cool. Moses loves boiled eggs. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're yeah. A, they're a quick fix for a snack. Right. Uh, well, how do you like your coffee? I like it. <laughs> All kinds. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you got me some coffee from Seas just a I while did. ago. And I did. It, and it's black. Years yes. ago, for some reason, I was without cream. I used to always put cream or milk in my coffee. And I was without it and started drinking it black. And I just haven't gone back. Yeah. I feel you there. All right. Spring, summer, fall, or winter? Uh, what do you prefer? Fall. Fall. Oh, it's so brilliant as mm-hmm. far as the colors go. Yes. And uh, and just and I think it's uh, maybe one of the reasons I like it is because that's when I would go pick apples. Yeah. And maybe it's sort of I don't know. It just takes you back, transports it, you back to that kinda, time. Kind of takes me back in a way, and just the air is crisp and you know starting to get cool and yeah. cold like today. It's these days have just been pictures of heaven it's it's been really nice the last few days it's been awesome all right instagram twitter facebook or tiktok which one do i prefer yeah uh i prefer um i don't know i like Haley's videos on uh on instagram Mm -hmm. i got on facebook and then instagram because of her okay she told me you know dad you should get on facebook and then dad you should get on (laughs) Instagram. I think she told me that. Yeah. And so I like those and and seeing other people's videos and stuff. But um, yeah, I'd say Instagram more. Sweet. Did you play any other sports while you were younger? You mentioned uh, the track and field. Yeah. Uh, just basketball. You did play basketball. I had um, I wasn't ever really good enough to be on the high school team, but I play in my backyard. I always had a goal on my driveway. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oh, gosh. I think that's a good question. Mm -hmm. I think I'd go to Italy. Yeah. Because Italy's just got so much history and beauty and just different. I I was able to go to Barcelona with Haley and Paris a couple of years ago, and that was just amazing. Just I'm sure. anywhere in Europe, I think, but Italy first because of the just the antiquity and yeah and the beauty. Ashley and I were having that conversation over the weekend. Like, what are you know three places like that we could go together on a trip? And Italy was we both said Italy. So definitely want to go at some point. Well, when you go, talk to uh, Amy Ross because she and yes. Kenyon went to some little town. She mentioned that when we yeah. had her on for me to member, she mentioned it, and the the town escapes me the name of it, but she said it was awesome. When you and Ashley go, just uh, talk to her and go there because right. we'll probably do. like it. 
Awesome. All right, just a few more questions we have here. So this is kind of the trivia portion of the lightning round, Bill. Exactly. Yes. Okay. R.I.P. Alex Trebek, by the way. He just passed away. I know. And what a show. And wow. What a man. He was great. All right. What is the world's smallest mammal? A cell. <laughs> I really don't know. It's <laughs> a tough one. That is a tough so one. So I didn't know this, and yesterday I was randomly watching somehow. You know how on YouTube you go down a black hole on YouTube? And I clicked on a Tom Waits interview because oh, his wow. interviews are fascinating i love listening to his interviews but they ask him this question and he he knew right off the bat what it was wow what is it it's a bumblebee bat a bumblebee bat a bumblebee bat so you could just call it a bb (laughs) so a bumblebee bat weighs barely two grams and measures one to 1.3 inches in length it's about the size of a large bumblebee but it's like a bat that is they're in thailand yeah yeah, I could bumblebee bat. Yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> All right. The uh the next trivia question, what is pogonophobia? Pogo pogonophobia. No phobia. Uh fear of being on a pogo stick? <laughs> One would think that would be it. It's actually a fear of beards. Of beards. Of beards. Nobody. Fear of, whoever, fear of beards. Whoever has pogonophobia should never come Don't to come shades. to shades. Don't come to shades. <laughs> Not the place. Stay away. Stay away. All right. That's the trivia portion. If you could have an animated character play you in a movie about your life, who would it be? An animated character who would play you in a movie about your life, who would it be? I don't know. I always like Woody and Toy Story. He yeah. was kind of cool. That could be cool. Yeah. That would be I, I mean, feel like gotta, that would be a good fit. I think that'd be a good fit for me. Woody for the Bill Ferris movie. What what would you call it? Do you, a, the, a movie about you starring uh, Woody from Toy Story. Maybe something like What You See Is What You Get. <laughs> with the with the Randy Newman, he could come and do the soundtrack too and it could be very similar oh, to the Toy yeah. Story soundtrack. Yeah. I think that would fit really well. That'd be great. All right. Best band or artist you've seen in concert? I know you've been to a few. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's see. Best? Uh, yeah, or, or yeah, most memorable, favorite? One memorable um, concert that I went to. I, I lived in Denver, Colorado for a little while. Yeah. In uh, 1975. And um, I was able to go see Pink Floyd. Oh man! And um, well, this would have been uh, well. That was after Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Was that? But that was before the Wall, though, right? Am, yeah. Am I, I right think, on that? I think yeah. so. But um, but post Dark Side of the Moon. Wow! So you got to see that. And where did they play? Somewhere in Denver. I can't remember. <laughs> That's those are some ancient memories. Just get lost in the Swiss cheese holes of my memory. Was it? Was it really good? Oh, it was great. One of the things that I remember was there was a rocket ship at the back, and somehow they made it, of course, it was on some kind of court or something. Right, of course. went down to the stage, and then after it got to the stage, you see on the screen all these flames. 
Yeah. And they had uh, money came out then. Oh, yeah. They had all yeah. the clocks, you know. Yeah. Where, uh, so it was. Cash. The, uh, well, they had. Uh, the, Time, Tom. It was yes. Tom. That was yes. the song. Yeah, I wasn't money. A, money has all the cash register sounds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. It wasn't. Um, uh, I wasn't a huge Pink Floyd fan, but um, one of the significant things about that was it was raining when I went in, and then came out and and the world was covered in white. Wow, snow. Wow, I love the snow out in Denver. Yes. So, and then I've also seen the Grateful Dead. Um, nice. Three different times, 1972 first, and the whole crowd scene of the Grateful Dead is is pretty uh, amazing. And I would say there's love there, even though, you know, it's it's uh, you know many of them don't have Jesus, but right. but there's a community within those groups and all the jam bands. Oh yeah, it's just really good to see, like kind of like football, right? You know? Yeah. Or like a church, it's, like, it's it's a community. Exactly, people like a are church. people are seeking community. That's right. I was thinking, yeah. you know, I was thinking about a church being community in such a way that, you know, it's the love of Jesus is there. Yes, and it and it's uh, I don't know. It's hard to speak about uh, how I was when I wasn't a Christian. I remember. But the Holy Spirit changes so much in your life. Yes. To open your mind to just the truth of what Scripture is and the impact that it has. And when I went through my divorce, that's when I, I got to hang out in Psalms and Isaiah and just, you know, John and different, different books. But Psalms and Isaiah and, and Psalms is one of my favorite books because it speaks, you know, it speaks to you of who God is and his majesty and the beauty that he has. And, um, it just, it's very powerful. And yet it speaks about man and having a hard time. Like, uh, uh, David said in Psalm 88, the darkness is my closest friend at the end of that. And the whole Psalm is, I think there's maybe one verse in there about hope or something good, but David went through it. And so, and most of uh, all my friends know that I kind of struggle a little bit with anxiety, not mm-hmm. a little bit, but, but quite a bit many times. And, um, and the Psalms have helped me and this body's helped me. And it's just been really good to, uh, I can't say that I'm on the other side of the fence now, Sure. but, um, just the love of my friends has through Shades Valley has been very significant at this time. And, oh. and I really, I really appreciate it. And I want to tell uh, anybody out there who has those struggles that uh, one of my favorite verses is, um, as for me, I will always have hope. And that's in Psalm 71. And hope is something that we all have to cling to. Um, David didn't always feel close to the Lord. And sometimes God seemed to be distant. But He's always near. And in my heart, even when uh, the anxiety is holding me back, I would say, from being alive in the spirit, mm-hmm. who I am, that God made me to be my favorite verse, which my life verse is, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I feel like that defines me more, much more than anxiety or anything else. I mean, Christ does. But um, I just feel like uh, 
the the feelings that you have of God being distant can seem to be real, but he's always very present. And anybody who's struggling has to believe and um, know that the foundation that you stand on will carry you through. And one of my favorite words as of late in Scripture is persevere. And um, every day just, you know, get up and persevere to be the light that God made you. That's such a good word, and the Psalms are full of lament and stories like you're talking about where the psalmist is uh, feels alone feels feels trapped sometimes feels like the enemy has has taken over and um, and is crying out to God and so you see that multiple times through the Psalms and that's why I think so many people go to the Psalms why so many people love it because it's um, it's honest in its doubting um and it's searching but it 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 also always comes back to the hope in christ and who he is and being able to worship out of our suffering being out of being able to worship uh in the midst of our trials and tribulations right yeah so yeah that's beautiful one of the things that i remember um i think it was the story of uh you remember the story of Moses when he was about to go into battle and he was really weary? I might be getting the details of this wrong, but he was weary and Aaron and her came alongside him and held his hands up. Mm-hmm. Is that, have I got that right? Yeah. Okay. And um, one time when I was worshiping over at the, at the Oxmoor Circle Warehouse, what, which is what we called it, um, I was worshiping and kind of had my eyes shut and had my hands raised. Uh, this was, uh, I don't know, and I was just crying like crazy. When I went through my divorce, uh, if, if God collects tears in a book, uh, in, the, in the Bible, there was a lot of chapters mm. of tears for me, which were very cleansing because mm. joy, I feel like joy comes out of our sorrow and yes. out of our tears. If you look at, you know, I mean, it says that in Scripture. Yes. You know, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And uh, so I'm worshiping uh, with my hands up and and singing and crying. And uh, Scott Ross, Kenyon Ross's brother, came over, and Steve Brooks. And they both put their arms around me, you know, over my shoulder and and just kind of stood there. And, uh, man, one of the, the times when shades really became real was was through that time um i mean the the reality of shades valley is just such a a deep well of love it's like the mystery of christ you can't describe it well let, let's back up just a second so how did you how did you find shades well and when was that yes i was uh Tammy and I moved back to Birmingham in 1993 because uh, my middle brother, this was kind of tragic too, but my, my middle brother, um, he died of AIDS in 1995. Mm-hmm. And he was gay, but he was uh, just, I just loved him so much. And um, and he, he you know, he kind of struggled with that. Uh, in a sense, and right before he died, well, I was a lot closer to him than my brother Bob, and we used to hang out all the time, and it was cool because 
when I was teaching at Putnam Middle School, um, I ended up going to see him a lot in the afternoons because his house was just a few. It was right right in Crestwood, so it was just over the mountain. Mm-hmm. And he was he was living there. He had a boyfriend named Robert who really cared for him a lot. And um, and Robert, my well. My parents came out to Austin and told me that David was HIV positive. So I knew he didn't have much time. And, mm. and I said immediately, we're, we're moving to, uh, to back to Birmingham to be near him. And um, so uh, we did that, and, and uh, he was actually with my dad driving a car when we were delivering uh, presents for AIDS patients. And... Um, Robert, his boyfriend, who he lived in the at, in the house with, uh, he we were driving together. There were no cell phones. There was no you know way to know where they were. Right. They didn't show up where they were supposed to after uh, delivering some presents. So we finally found them in a hospital, and it oh, was man. it was the one that's down there by the Peta Stop, some kind of sports place or something. It was, and that's that's where he was, and and died after a week. But one of the cool things about Robert, he, I used to have Christmas parties all the time, and I still am, but this year I can't because of the, the virus that I just really right. feel like it's hindered a lot of people. Yes. But uh, I'd have Robert and his new boyfriend over for the Christmas party a lot, Sam. And um, Robert told me something once that I thought was pretty interesting. He said, Bill, you and I... Uh, have different views about a lot of things but he said i'll never forget you moving here for david and the love that you had for him and doing that and uh so i thought that was kind of cool yeah how it had how it had made an impact on his life and obviously him knowing your faith right and being able to see uh the love that you had for your brother uh regardless of you know, what life decisions you may disagree with him on. Exactly. And that's part of, uh, that's part of something I can still work on that we all can. There's a, there's a verse in Romans that I love and it says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise and glory to God. And, um, to accept people where they are and to love on them anyway is, is hard sometimes, Mm -hmm. but the Holy Spirit can give us the ability to do that. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, so what was, uh, so how did you end up at Shades? Oh yeah. See, <laughs> I just went down some blue highways. <laughs> I knew I would go down blue highways. It's okay. It's all right. Mike Garrigan, who used to be pastor here, yes. he used to get so impatient with me because he said, Bill, get to the point. I mean, he was... We, when we came back, the, the church that I was in in Austin that Tammy and I were both in was a PCA church. So we came back to Briarwood, and Briarwood was way too big. Uh, yeah. But uh, there was another PCA church called Church of the Hills that, uh, that was here and smaller, and we went there for a number of years. And um, the pastor there I got to be real close with, and... Um, he actually got the name of his church from Frank Boswell out in Austin. He knew him somehow and said, hey, can we call our church this too? And so we went there, and I got, I got a real 
good foundation of, of Christianity through the PCA church. But uh, they, uh, Church of the Hills had a lot of problems as far as um, just the pastor and mm-hmm. his wife ended up, they ended up getting divorced. And I was actually an elder over there, and it was just a really hard time. And the new pastor that came in, which I don't know if he's still there or not, um, but we just couldn't really get into what he was saying. And he was real regimented. He said, uh, I, I kind of played on the worship team there some too. And, okay, yeah. and um, he said, we're going to do two praise songs and we're going to do two uh, hymns every service. <laughs> it's going to be like this. And, and it was just like, I don't know. It's almost like being in the army wow. as far so as you didn't goes. you didn't thrive in a structured environment, Bill. No, no, not at all. <laughs> this is that's shocking. I know it is. It is. It is. Uh, but I don't know. It it just it was too much. <laughs> so we had some friends, Mark and Ramona Swallow, who started coming here, and Bill and Sharon Gunner, who are good friends of the Rosses and other folks here, who now live in Ireland, and um, and they told us about it about shades and and said y'all need to check it out so we came one sunday and it was just the coolest place and i and i thought i was just drawn to it shades has a fragrant aroma about it Mm. of love and community that is i think it's unsurpassed in a sense now um we're not supposed to take pride in our church (laughs) and i don't take pride in it but i know that uh well okay Let's put it this way. Stephen Stills wrote a song called For What It's Worth. Yeah. And, yeah. On, and on Sunday mornings, when you're leading worship and the worship team is just um, just taking us right to God's throne, and when Jonathan's preaching mm-hmm. and um, or any guest preacher, we've mm-hmm. had guest preachers that have been awesome. Brad mm-hmm. has been yes. great. Uh, and so... Um, it's kind of like this, this line, uh, there's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. <laughs> That's what I would say happens in the mystery of Sunday morning. Yeah. And the way that God's joy and God's hope and love and peace and community just kind of, it just pours through the congregation in streams of living yeah. water. So you've been going to Shades for over 20 years. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. And it's it's my home. I can't imagine being anywhere else. Yeah. And ha- has it, I mean, obviously from the way you describe it too, uh, things have not changed that much, I guess, in terms of like, in terms of like uh, the, the culture and, you, you know, you, you, you use words like an aroma and things like that. And it's uh, just a testament to, uh, the Lord and and His faithfulness that uh, throughout all these years that shades can still um, I guess harbor that same spirit that it had when it was first uh, you know when the community first got together. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, um, things have gotten a little bit different in the sense that there's more college kids now. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of the the members that have been going here for a long time say that a lot. That's like one of the things. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but a cool thing about that too, that, uh, you know, the staff might want to think about, uh, that happened several years ago was, um, we were to, uh, 
I was an elder here for a short time, mm-hmm. and um, Jonathan said, I don't know if it was Jonathan's idea or whose idea it was, but they made uh, profiles of uh, college kids. They had to answer questions, and um, somebody was supposed to get with one to oh, yeah. to get to know them. And I had the pleasure of uh, meeting and, and hanging out with Carter Crone. Mm-hmm. And um, who's in Nashville right now, and so that was a that was a neat way to get to know somebody. We'd eat breakfast, and uh, a cool thing about him, I had a tree that that was cut down in my backyard, and um, I paid a certain amount for it to get cut, and all the stumps and everything were left, yeah. and it was going to be a lot more money to to take that off. So yeah. I just left them there and put it on Craigslist and Carter was eating with me one morning before he was moving to Nashville and he said uh you know he just looked at him and he said, Mr. Ferris, he said, uh me and some friends will, will take that wood off off your hands. And I had I had quite a few I had some other people come and, and get it, but I was just kind of blown away. Yeah. You know, and God has been faithful yes to me and loved on me in so many ways i could i could go down a lot of blue highways on that <laughs> so what do you do for work bill yeah i'm a uh i clean people's houses and clean offices and uh clean uh redeemer church mm-hmm. and um uh little professor bookstore um yeah what many what People probably don't know, and they they wouldn't know unless they knew me when I first started going to Shades. But when I first came to Shades, I didn't have much work myself. I was part time uh, worship leader here, and I taught some private lessons. So Bill was gracious enough to let me fill in some of my random hours that I had, and I and I helped you clean some houses for for a time when I first started at Shades. Yeah, I was thinking about that today. How it kind of feels like forever ago, but it was only like five or six years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't too long. At one yeah. point, uh, somebody said that uh, to be a member at Shades, you have to work for Bill Ferris because <laughs> so many people have. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I, yeah, I definitely look back on the on that time fondly myself, just getting to uh, spend time with you. And, you know, one, one other thing that people don't know about Bill is that on Sunday mornings, the band gets together. We don't practice a whole lot, as you can tell when you, when you listen to us. But we do practice on Sunday mornings. And we get together around 8.30 that morning before the service, and we run through the songs that we're going to play that morning. And a few years ago, uh, Bill obviously plays in the band, so you've probably seen him play bass from time to time. But a few years ago, I told him that I felt like uh, he, he could, if he was willing, um, he was more than welcome to come to the stage on Sunday mornings. And if he had a word from the Lord to share with us, he could share that and he could pray for us. And he's been faithfully doing that now for, I mean, what's the, what's that been now? I mean, Gosh, it's been a couple of years know. now, yeah, right? It's been a while. Um, and that's always a highlight of my morning. Just uh, get it because whenever I hang out with you, just like in this podcast we've done uh, scripture just kind of flows out. You, you, you and and you're always quoting something. You're always bringing something to life. So it's just uh, very encouraging when you come on Sunday mornings and you read and 
and share a word and and pray for us. But not a lot of people know that. I just wanted to recognize that for your oh. for your faithfulness in an area that people don't don't see. You know. Yeah. Well, when I went through my divorce, I got prayed for by Jeff Stalkup and Sharon Brush and mm. people over at at Oxmoor, um, you know, at the warehouse, and so it was kind of like uh, I think I think during that time, I don't know if you could say I had a great awakening of who God is, but um, that happened. And um, my prayer life just kind of woke up, I would say, wow. in a sense. And, and, uh, and it was good. And so going to get prayed for is what I did in the beginning. And then I just kind of stayed on the prayer team because it was just a very uh, comfortable um, fit for me mm-hmm. as far as just being there and... Well, it definitely, oh, just knowing you, it overflows out of your heart because you're literally calling me once a week, and if I don't answer, you're leaving me a voicemail, and it's a prayer, and you do that with a lot of people, and I think, and I don't say that to embarrass you or, you know, make you feel boastful about how good of a Christian you are or anything like that, but I think that's that's just an example of the Spirit uh, moving in your life and you being... Um, attentive, attentive to the, to uh, to those prompts from the spirit, saying, "Hey, um, I just thought of somebody. I'm gonna I'm gonna call them up and pray for them today, and try to encourage them today with a word." Yeah. So I think that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And if anybody wants to come and be prayed for, um, on uh, we're there on Wednesday nights at. Uh, 6 30 yeah and jeff and park stock up are usually almost there <laughs> yeah uh, are, are usually almost yeah. always there and um grace wonski uh joni ford bill kaler and his yeah. son joshua yeah and uh shay wall sometimes there's yeah. there's oh, different people man solid group yeah yeah i've seen a, the lead betters up there before they have been there yes um does uh sharon i think sharon ponder does she come she's, on sunday she's mornings? on sundays okay yeah she's she's real faithful to be there on yeah. sunday so and then Great other group. people come in you know joseph and rachel rachel yeah. wonski's been been coming with her with her boys and, yeah and yeah. uh joni comes with her little boy and oh yeah it's it's a it's a really special time. That's awesome. Well, this has been great. I feel like we've we've covered everything. Oh, well, thanks. I don't know. <laughs> let me say let me say one more thing as far as occupation goes. Yeah, because one of the yeah. things that I love to do that does, I just call it. I don't know what you call it, but I call it the stupid virus because I feel like <laughs> it's just it's just it's just stupid. You know, I mean, as yeah. far as just. I don't know. I have strong feelings about it as far as how it's inhibited so much of our society. But God has come alive in many people's lives in this in this time. Yes. But, you know, uh, Job said, um, the Lord gives and he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So that's what we need to say, all of us, because God's working in and through this to help us to overcome like Jesus overcame. But uh, one of the things that I do uh, as far as uh, finances go, but really joy uh, comes out of me 
when I do it is I'm a, a children's entertainer. And um, I used to twist balloons down at uh, Pepper Place every Saturday Yeah. And uh, for tips. And that was such a cool thing because I'm on the street. Just at Pepper Place has a atmosphere like no other place in oh, Birmingham. Yeah. All kinds of people from. It's a great market. Yeah. Other places come. And yeah, it was great. But that's kind of been taken away. Right. And uh, I look forward to that coming back because little children, I mean, gosh, they're awesome. You know, and 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 the beauty that's in a child, uh, you know about it. Yeah, it's not it. it yeah, it fills your heart in a way that 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 nobody else can. Yes. Um, so, I'm kind of that's something that's a job that I do that uh, is really not a job. It's almost like yeah, it's not not work. Didn't you do balloon animals when we had our adoption fundraiser here at the church? Yeah, and you've done. You've done balloon animals at uh, some of our Christmas spectaculars that we've done at Shades. Yeah. Um, all the kids love it. It's fantastic. And the West Homewood Farmers Market. West Homewood Far- Farmers Market. That's right. Yeah. Dawson's Fall Festival. I've yeah. done. You're I've all done over the place, lot. man. It was so much fun. Yeah. Please, Lord, bring it yeah. back. You'll, you'll, you'll be back on tour one day. You'll yeah, on tour. tour. <laughs> That'd be so cool. I wish. You want to be my manager? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why you not? can book me. <laughs> sure. Awesome, man. Well, Bill, thanks so much for coming in. This has been, this has been awesome. And, uh, just hearing your stories of, uh, just God's faithfulness, um, and his, the redemptive work that he does in our lives. Uh, whether it's, you know, you, you shared so much, you shared about your anxiety, about your divorce, all of these things. Um, but yet being able to, turn to Christ, being able to turn to God's faithfulness, his sovereignty, his, um, promises that he holds all things together. And I think the stories that you shared are just, um, testaments to all those things. And, and I hope that anyone listening, that it really encouraged, uh, you, uh, as you've been listening to this. So just, yeah, thank you for coming in, man. It was thank awesome. You. Thank you, brother. Uh, one of my other favorite verses that I would, I thought, you know how there's benediction verses? This isn't really a benediction verse, I don't think. Maybe yeah. it is. But it's one of my favorites because, you know, um, Corinthians 13 talks about faith, hope, and love. Greatest is love. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I feel like faith and hope kind of walk hand in hand together mm-hmm. uh, down the path to love, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and hope is very significant for for believers. You have to always, well, like I said, you know, in my anxiety and in, in, in days that are dark, uh, I have that verse, as for me, I'll always have hope. Then this verse, which on those days, I don't feel the joy and peace always, but it's a, it's a verse that I think is really important, and, and it's in my heart, even if I might not feel it always mm-hmm. or think it. But it says uh, at the end of Romans uh, 15, Verse 13 says, uh, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that one to me is that kicker. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. God, God has ways of making touchdowns all throughout the Bible. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's just just three pointer after three pointer, right? Uh, yes, just... sir. Yes, sir. Three pointer, kicker, you know, yes. thrower, everything, whatever. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, in a year or two, uh, Auburn Alabama football is going to come back and <laughs> all of Southeastern, you know, conference football. Yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get to enjoy it with a full stadium next year. We'll see what happens. Oh, Who man. knows? That'd be great. That would be wild. Yes. I don't know. What a way to end the podcast <laughs> with some football analogies. I don't, well, I don't know yeah. what's going Sports analogies. I don't yeah. know what's going on. We were talking about worship, you know. And, and <laughs> That's right. there's, I think there was a book written about you know, that some Southern writer wrote about similarities between uh, worship but, and, and football. And sports? Really? I think so. I don't know what it was Check called. But I'm not yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. That's funny. All right. Well, awesome. Well, you have been listening to another episode of uh, Shades Midweek. Thanks for uh, downloading. Please hit the subscribe button. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you find it. Follow Shades Valley on Instagram. If you have any comments or would like to share anything with us, you can always email us at midweek at shadesvalley.com.